0: Welcome to Objection. I'm Kelly Doctor, And I'm Nadine Bloom. We're taking a small break to finish the last two episodes of the show. We always dreamed about becoming podcasters. Our original vision for the show was called SnackCast, a podcast about snacks, big and small, and what they say about you. And yet, for some reason, Goldblatt Partners didn't approve SnackCast. But they have been really generous in supporting this non-billable project called Objection. And at Partners, we work with so many amazing lawyers who have devoted their lives to solving injustices big and small. So we've created this bonus episode to bring you some of their stories. What is your favorite snack and what does it say about you? This is such a cliche, but I really like kale chips. I actually do. Genuinely, authentically. Dark chocolate. My favorite snack... Sort of a guilty pleasure is dark chocolate. Snack? Yeah. My favorite snack. I like chocolate. Dark chocolate. Well, what do you think that important. says about you? That I have good taste. My favorite snack, I think, is potato chips. I love chips. Very salty. I love salt. My favorite snack is zesty cheese Doritos. I don't know what that says about me, but I'm a bit concerned about that. Can you tell me about a case that you worked on that's had some special meaning to you? The first really big case that had special meaning for me was the Gainer strike in Edmonton. I got to know a lot of the workers, and some of them had been there for over 40 years. They were facing the loss of their jobs. There was a fellow by the name of Peter Pocklington who owned Gainers. The workers were out on strike. He was trying to break the union. Hundreds of people got arrested. I was wearing a beeper. I was getting people out of jail. And the case ended after a six month strike. We were able to win the pension part of the case, keep the money in the employee's pension plan and get everybody back to work. A case in which the griever and his wife had had a child who suffered catastrophic birth injury. One of her problems, the child's problems, was that she could not feed normally. The benefit provider under the insurance contract that was referenced in the collective agreement declared that this special product, which was prescribed, was a food and not a medicine, and therefore wasn't covered. We were able to grieve, and luckily the arbitrator completely agreed that this was a medicine. If you're going to substitute and take away the right to strike from essential services, you have to have a fair, impartial, binding arbitration process. Harris tried to change that, and uh, we challenged that on the basis that it was a perversion of the process by putting in uh, judges who had no experience. We won in the Supreme Court of Canada, tremendous uh, victory. Stopped this nonsense of the government interfering in the independence of these processes. Re-established some faith in there being an independent adjudication system, and the independence of those who are chairing boards of arbitration in essential services is absolutely paramount. We got involved in the Egan and Nesbitt versus Canada case, which was a case about an older gay couple who were trying to get a spousal benefit under the old age security legislation and were denied because they were a same-sex couple. We intervened for the Canadian Labour Congress in that case, it was going to the Supreme Court of Canada. It was the case that decided that sexual orientation was an analogous ground of discrimination under the um, charter. And why did those cases have meaning to you? I just like a good fight against bigots. (laughs) There's one in particular that we worked on last year that involved a company, a transportation company up north, that was the sole source of cargo and goods travel for the inhabitants of the north, Nunavut and northwest territories. And the collapse of the company meant the collapse of work and remuneration and the pension plan the stars aligned politics aligned the the law aligned and the interests of the members came to the forefront and we ended up getting a really good deal They ended up getting their jobs back. The government of the Northwest Territories took over the company. And there's more money in the pension plan, which means their pensions go up from some 85% level to something better than that. I have worked on a very large Aboriginal law case um, for the past four and a half years, maybe. It basically involved a mining company that attempted to do advanced uranium exploration on... The traditional territory of a First Nation and the government actually refused the permit because the First Nation did not want the project to go forward, which rarely happens. But then the mining company sued the government for $200 million and the First Nation intervened to protect its rights. I've always thought that Aboriginal rights and the issues facing Aboriginal people in Canada are one of the most significant human rights challenges that we have faced in our country. The case that was most meaningful to me was a criminal case that I did when I was representing a woman who was charged in a road rage incident. She had hit a car with her bicycle and had gotten into a fight with the driver. She's a transgendered woman, and that day was the day that she found out that she was not gonna be getting gender reassignment surgery as she had thought. After the incident, when the police arrived, they kept referring to her as sir over and over again, and she just broke down. I'm most proud of what I was able to do in that case to make her human in the eyes of the court. The court understood what was happening in her life, understood this unique set of circumstances, and and at the end of the day was really able to understand her as a complete person. The Freedom of Association trilogy was going to the Supreme Court of Canada in 1987, it got decided. and Of course, that 1987 trilogy resulted in a black hole for labor rights under the Charter no protection for organizing, bargaining, striking. Over the years, we appeared in the Supreme Court of Canada for the Canadian Labour Congress and slowly attempted to resurrect protection for the right to organize, strike, and bargain. Most recently, in the Saskatchewan Federation of Labour case, we sort of completed the trilogy reversal where the court found protection for the right to strike under the Charter. At international law, freedom of association is always understood to include protection for the right to bargain and the and the right to strike, but uh, it took our court uh, a while to get to that same place. Well, it took over 20 years, didn't it? Yeah. And you were there the whole time? I was there the whole time. Can you introduce yourself? I'm Stephen Barrett. I'm Howard Goldblatt. This is Kathy Lace speaking. My name is Peter Engelman. Lauren Richmond. My name is Adriel Weaver. Charlie Sinclair. My name is Christine Davies. Aaron Moores. My name is Lindsay Lawrence. Lise Lezuk. My name is Mandy Wojcik. Mark Wright. Nate Shelson. I am Stephanie Hobbs. Dan Shepard, Susan Philpot at Goldblatt Partners. Kelly Doctor, I am a partner at Goldblatt Partners and a host of the podcast Objection. Never heard of you. <laughs> <laughs> and um if you could change one rule or one thing about the world, what would that be? Well, I would have said better parking, but it's <laughs> kind of a small standard. I would like to see the collapse of the current American government. Anything else you'd like to tell us, Lauren? No, I didn't even want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> How you, can you give a shout out to your clients? Hello, clients. <laughs> Are any of you actually listening to this?